Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory comes back with part four of his life-changing series entitled Grace Filled Generosity. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. All right, so today we're going to pick up with part four of Grace-Filled Generosity. Again, if you're watching online, we're going to ask that you share the link today, whatever platform that you're watching on. We believe it'll be a blessing to you and to everyone that you share with. If you're in the room or online, follow along in the Uversion Bible app. You also can follow along Linked Up Church app. I'm actually going to say a lot more that's in the notes today. I'm going to ask the media department to follow me uh, because the service will be a little short and I may travel in some different directions to get a, a, a point across or something. But let's read our foundation text in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. And it reads this way. It says, you do well and excel in every respect in unstoppable faith. So you grow and you increase in your faith. And powerful preaching, the ministers were growing in that. In revelation knowledge, people were growing and getting more revelation knowledge. In your passionate devotion, they were growing in there and increasing and excelling in their devotion lives. And in sharing the love of God, they were growing in their love walks. But then Paul says this, so make sure that you also excel in grace-filled generosity. And so notice he was acknowledging all the good that they were doing, but he also also he also acknowledged that there was an area outside of that that they also needed to increase and grow in. And so part of our introduction, we showed how the wealthiest people in the world are the most generous people in the world. Is that an accurate statement? Right? And so this law just works for whoever will apply it. Whoever will use it, it works for them. Then we also looked at tithing. We looked at it before the law, during the law, and then we looked at it after the law. So once again, if God didn't do away with it, how many of y'all know it's not our place to do away with it? Right? And then we looked at several things. And we left off in, in point number F or letter F, grace-filled generosity. And we're looking at 10 principles that Paul is teaching us about grace-filled generosity. And they're all found in two chapters, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. And number one was generosity as an expression of God's grace. Two was giving as listed uh, along with the charismata or charisma gifts of the spirit. Uh, three, the finished work of the cross should inspire our giving. Uh, four, giving, uh, give according to your ability. Five, the goal is equality. And then we left off with six, all giving must be carefully supervised. And there's just one more thing I want to say about all giving needs to be carefully supervised because, you know, it's just a lot that I've seen over my 29 years of full-time ministry uh, some good, some not so good, right? And so you all might have drove up on the parking lot today and you saw that there's a sign out there that this building is for sale. Now, it would have really disappointed you if you drove up on this lot and I didn't tell you about that on the front end. So now I leave a lot of room for speculation and doubt. But more importantly, I leave a lot of room for you all not to trust us. You drive up, and you didn't know on the front end, right? And so what we've seen over the years, uh, and again, this building is on, uh, up for sale for positive reasons. Everything that we're looking at going forward is better than what we currently have. Somebody ought to give God glory for that, right? And I'm thinking big. I'm thinking I don't know if we can meet all the needs of this community from this building. 
right? So we're just out there checking the temperature, right? But these are things that you should know that are your rights and privileges as members of a church. The church does not belong to the pastors. The church is a result of the free will gifts and offerings of the people. So I don't have a right to sell this building, take the proceeds, and ride off into the sunset. Right? It's my responsibility. I won't pastor for the rest of my life. It's my responsibility to always create and have a succession plan. Right? So that the moment I transition, something else is in place to keep linked up church and the free will gifts and offerings of the people thriving within the community. Everybody clear? Now, we've lived in cities where people would tell us, and we pastored in one particular city where no one would join the church. The church was growing, but no one would join. And so we started, they were giving everything, tithing everything. They wouldn't join the church. So we started doing home visits, trying to understand this a little more. And they would tell us, Pastor, I will never put my name on another church roll ever again. And I'm trying to understand this, right? And so they began to communicate this particular church that they were members of. And they showed up one Sunday morning, and the pastor stood up and said, we've sold the building. And here's a list of seven churches that you all can attend. And left. I see you all don't know this. This is why I'm telling you. Somebody should have called the police. Oh, I need a little better amen than that in here. Somebody should have called the police because that was robbery. He stole from those people. And it was not his in the first place. See, the moment you start hearing me say, I built this, red flag. When you hear me say, my church... My people, my, I did, red flag. No, God did. God's church belongs to God, belongs to the kingdom of God. Hello, somebody. I just want to make sure you all know that because a lot of people attend church, they go to church, they don't know these things because pastors don't tell them. I mean, y'all have ever seen that before, where he sold it, and then he just left. <laughs> Anybody ever seen that before? Or, or, or it's no, he's no longer pastoring, right, and you don't know what happened. Well, how many of y'all know something happened? You just don't know what happened. All right? So now, that's why all giving must be carefully supervised, okay? And so you should listen to trigger points. Anytime he thinks it's his, it's his kingdom, it's my church, I built this. God used me to do this. These are my people, my staff. Can't nothing go on without me. Something's wrong. When the reality is God's given Linked Up Church an awesome roster of ministers that can all do a fantastic job in this pulpit. Come on, somebody. And God has never depended on just one person to do anything. Study your Bible. And so when you see it's all about one individual, that person is trying to build their own kingdom. 
and not God's kingdom. Now, let's pick up today. Motivated by others. Point number seven. Motivated by others. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Very important information right here. Point number seven. Motivated by others. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 through 5. Paul goes on to say at the top of this chapter. Now concerning the ministering to the saints. Because the purpose of this offering was to minister to the poor saints in Jerusalem. He says, it is superfluous for me to write to you beneficial for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians that Achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal has stirred up the majority so notice the churches in Macedonia the zeal that they had about giving was stirring up other churches what if our giving stirred up a whole city Right, motivated other churches, right? Because people, what motivates them is they see the benefit of your giving and what God's doing for all of the people, right? And so he says here that that right there, zeal, that zeal stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect. That as I said, you may be ready. So so notice the. Giving stirred up the majority, which means the majority probably would not have participated had they not been stirred up. Is everybody clear? So a pastor's responsibility, he is an example to the sheep. So that's why you always see me. If we're doing something for kids camp, you'll always see me give first. I'm not doing that to bring any glory to myself. What I'm doing that for is to stir you up. Right? And I want you to see my zeal and hopefully it motivates you. Right? So, so to the tune of last week, you all might have paid for every kid to go to kids camp. That's how much giving came in. Come on, somebody. You ought to put your hands together on something like that. There will not be one kid. I don't know if I should have said that because you better not be sitting out there saying, well, if they got all that money out, if you can pay for your kid, pay for your kid to go to kids camp. This is for needy families, right? And if we don't use it all, we will designate it, put it in a fund, and have it for next year. Right? But this is the purpose of motivational giving, that it stirs other people up. Verse number four, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, which not to mention, you should be ashamed of this confident boasting. So Paul is saying, don't have me out here boasting on you all. And then when we get there, you don't deliver. See, because I'm getting ready to tell everybody about Linked Up Church. I'm telling them we have the most generous church in the United States of America. And it's true, believe it or not. It's really true. Look at verse 5. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time, see, to make sure that this lines up the way we envisioned it. And prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. See, and you're going to see that a little bit later on. How many know God never wants it if you don't want to do it? He never wants it that way, right? And I'm telling you, Linked Up Church doesn't want it that way. We want it because you want to see other people blessed. 
So if you look at this example here, Paul, a year ahead of time, is preparing people for something that they want to do for poor saints in Jerusalem. So I'm telling you, as your leader, there will be projects that we will know a year in advance. And I will tell you, now don't let this shock you, it might cost $2 million to get it done. But we've got the whole year to prepare for it. Well, what is that going to do? Well, we're going to build a food shelter. We're going to build a, a, a food uh, a place. But how many know you don't just give people food? You got to teach them how to fish also. How many know you need some educational components to that? Come on, somebody. You need a whole lot of other arms along with that in order to help a person get their lives together and now become more productive back into a society. See, I'd rather spend $2 million on people than $2 million on a bigger building. Come on, let's build people. And if we build people, we'll never have buildings big enough to house them. If our focus is about people, okay? So Paul, point number one under number seven. Paul boasted of the southern generosity so that the northerners could give generously. So he's using the churches in Macedonia to motivate the southern churches in Achaia, right? And how many of you know that's a good thing to do? It's called motivational giving. Point number two under that, then he urges the southerners to give generously so that the northerners will not be disappointed in them. So all, once again, what Paul is looking for is equality here, right? We have a church called Linked Up North now. How many of you know whenever we do something, they should get involved also? And I hope they're watching because you know how they got they start, their start? Your generosity. 57,000 to the tune of 57. How many of y'all know we didn't? Man, listen. Boy, to start your church? Come on, somebody. That's a blessing, right? And their heart should be whatever we're involved in, that he should be teaching his congregation because of their generosity, we have what we have. And you see how this just keeps going. That's all Paul's doing here. Now, let's get to point number eight. And this is going to be my last point for the day, but we're going to flush it out because we had other things to do within this service. Now, this will be uh, revealing to a lot of people, right? And I really want you to get this. If you haven't been paying attention up to this point, lock in because this revelation right here can change your life for the rest of your life if you get it. You might hear it with your head. I'm actually asking him to open up your spiritual eyes and let you see this. So it hits your spirit. Letter eight or number eight, focus on the harvest. Focus on the harvest. Pastor, what does that mean? Focus on the harvest. Let's read. Second Corinthians chapter nine, six through 11. It says here, but this I say, he who sows, and that word sows there means to scatter or a sower sparingly. That word sparingly means stingily. We'll also reap, that word reap there means harvest, sparingly or stingily. So now, this was interesting to me in studying this, because I actually go back and restudy it, study it again, and look up every single word. It's interesting, everyone is a sower. Everybody sows something. Some people are just tight. Tight with their gifts. Come on, somebody. Tight with their tips. With their time, right? Their love. 
Some people are just stingy, right? And so, so, so if you're a person that you say, well, I never get gifts like that, do you ever give gifts like that? Nobody ever does stuff like that for me. Do you ever do stuff like that for other people? Because what you're getting ready to learn is you're actually reaping the exact way that you sow. And God can't change that. The only one that can change that is you. I'm not talking about tithing. I'm talking about giving. You cannot excel in tithing. That number is set. The only thing you can excel in is giving. Right? Watch this now. It says, we'll also harvest or reap sparingly or stingily. And he who sows bountifully, that word bountifully means largesse. It means to benefit. It means blessing. Will also reap bountifully, largesse, benefit, blessing. So sometimes people get jealous over how other people are receiving. And then when they share about how they're receiving, that makes them mad. And then they say they're always, see, what's really making them mad is I'm tight. And nobody's doing stuff like this for me. That's really what's making them mad. It's not your, because how many know they should be rejoicing if you're rejoicing over something God has done for you? Right? That puts you in line to receive the exact same thing. But, but the reality is, if you're not receiving bountifully, guess what you're not doing? Now, who's responsible for changing that? You or God? Who? All right, so I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, stop being so tight. <laughs> look, look at your neighbor on the other side. Tell them, stop being so stingy. Right? See, see if you're married in here, if one, if, if we just went through this this morning, but if one spouse says, I want to give such and such $100, and the other one said, $100? <laughs> Didn't nobody give me $100 when I graduated from high school. Give them 20 I see, see. I, anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Because a lot of times we we'll want to be uh, generous and the other one is stingy, right? But what you really need is two generous people, two givers in a relationship in order for that to work. Look at verse 7. So, so let each one give, watch this, this is individual, as he purposes. This word purposes here means to choose for oneself. So actually, I had been studying this, and so my wife was telling me something she wanted to do. Very generous person, which is one of the reasons why I love her so much, right? So she comes to my office, she says, babe, I'm going to do X, Y, Z for, for, for these people today. So my initial response was, how much? <laughs> right? And then I thought about it for a minute. That's what God placed in her heart. So, so I would be hindering her from a harvest by not letting her sow the way God purposed that in her heart. You all see that? And so she actually is not giving anything away that hurts us. She's actually gifting herself and lifting herself up by blessing other people. And I caught myself, Russ, right in the middle of it because I was getting ready to say, you can just, why don't you just give them, you know, half of that. <laughs> and then I had been studying this and, and it, God just checked me real quick. No. She purposed that in her heart. So let her get the harvest on what is in her heart to do. See, see, see where the, where's the focus? See, if the focus is on what's leaving, you won't even have an idea of what's coming. 
Oh, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen. Here, right? All right, let's keep going now. Let's keep going. So, so let each one give as, as he purposes. This is individual, right? To choose for oneself in his heart. Not grudgingly, you know, out of grief, sadness, heaviness, sorrow. How you know that's attached to that? Because you talk about it all the time. Boy, if you wouldn't have gave that hundred dollars to such and such, we'd be all right, right, right. Ah, if you wouldn't out there doing all that Christmas shopping, we'd be, boy, if you wouldn't have went down there, hello, somebody, right? We talk about it all the time. You remember when I gave you that, that, that two hundred dollars for that? Boy, if I would have just kept that two hundred, see, well, they're focused on the wrong thing. See, if you shift your focus to the harvest, you'll get more excited about what's coming than what you gave. Let's keep reading here now. So not, of, not grudgingly, grief, sadness, heaviness, sorrow. I mean, nobody wants to receive it that way anyway. Right? Let's make it a, a point around here. If somebody gives you something like this here, give it right back to them. Say, no, you keep it. Some of y'all are like, I'll take it however they give it to me. Right? <laughs> Not grudgingly, right, or of necessity. Now, this is revelation knowledge for you. Not out of constraint, distress, or neediness. So, in other words, I don't give to other people. I don't give to God because I need something. That's not my motive. Isn't that interesting? That's not my motive for doing that. Then it's interesting, right after that, it shows you why. For God loves a cheerful giver. Well, cheerful means hilarious, prompt, and willing giver. Now, when you see in the scripture that God loves something, how I many know we should desire to be what he loves? Right? And so every time you give to God or to somebody else, do it cheerfully. Do it with a smile on your face. Act like you got more blessed giving it to them than they did receiving it. So God loves a cheerful giver. Now, verse 8, and God is able. I mean, we can stop right there and just go home. And God is able. Boy, listen, that means whatever is going on in your life, God is able. Oh, let me try this side of the room. That means no matter what's going on in your life, God is able. I still don't like that. Let me try the risers up there. That means no matter what's going on in your life, God is able. I don't even like that. Let me try this side of the room. That means no matter what's going on in your life, God is able. I don't even like that. Let me try the entire room right now. No matter what's going on in your life, God is able. That was okay. Let, let me try online right now. No matter what's going on in your life, God is able. Type that in right now. Just type in God is able because he is. This word able here, this is interesting to me. God is able. This word able means powerful and capable. That means he's powerful enough and capable enough 
to get done whatever needs to get done in your life. He can take you from where you are to where you need to be. And he has enough power, capacity, and capability to get you there. Right? And all I got to do is do things the way he's instructed me to do it. If I'm going to give, I'm not going to throw just something in there or give him the worst of what I have. Or See, he watches all of this. If I had time, I could have showed you a lot of different things. Cain and Abel was all about the condition of their hearts. Right? One gave what was left over. One gave the best. It's interesting, the one that was, gave what was left over was upset with the one that gave the best. So God is able. Now, what is he able to do? Make all grace. Not some grace, all grace. And that word grace there is course, careers, favor, joy, liberality, gratitude. It's just something about that. Boy, when you give cheerfully, you do it for the right motives. I mean, God will just give you favor everywhere that you go. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about God to just, just do things for you that you knew. No, nobody else could have done something like that but God. Come on, God, no parking lots on the parking lot. You circle around one more time and somebody coming out in the first spot right up there near the door. I mean, all kind of different kisses on the forehead that God will do for you because what he's doing, he's making all things work together for your good. He's causing all grace to manifest in your life. And he wants to create joy joy in your life by the way that he favors you. See, when God does something for you, he knows it rises up on the inside of you. And he wants that joy to be expressed throughout the entire world so that when you're going throughout your day, you're telling people, man, God has been so good to me. He woke me up this morning. Come on, started me on my way. I'm feeling good. God is good. Come on, my bills are paid. Life is good. God is, God is just good. And he's able to make all grace, watch this, abound. This word abound means to increase, to be in excess, to excel. Listen to this, to be better and to have more than enough. So the purpose for God putting his grace on your life is to position you to where you have more than what you need. And you know why he wants you to have more than what you need? So you can give to those that are less fortunate than you. Somebody catching this. I, I got about 10 people in here that this starting to register with, right? And, and so if you understand the kingdom, if you understand kingdom economics, see, if you hold on to, you lose. If you release, you gain. That's kingdom economics, okay? Right? What you want someone to do for you, you do it for somebody else. Right? You hear all the time, people, I'm believing God going to bless me with a house. Have you ever blessed anybody with a house? I'm getting ready to come down here on the floor. And I'm not even talking about paying cash for it. Did you even offer anything towards their down payment? Towards their 20% down? So you got to do it in the same area that you're believing for. Right? If you're not married, do you bless other people when they get married? See, and, and on and on and on, right? His whole goal is to get you to this place where you increase, you have excess, you excel, you're better off, right? And you have more than enough. But this was the interesting part. Uh, let me get Minister David, Minister Johnny to stand up for a moment. All right, Minister Russell, stand up as well. 
I want Minister Russell and Minister David to stand right there. I want Minister Johnny to stand right here, right? So, so what he says here, this was revelation knowledge to me. It's something I've always said. I actually didn't see it in the scripture. He said, I'm going to cause this grace to abound, watch this, towards you. Towards you. I looked up that word towards while I was studying, and it means expressing motion. So God says, while you're out taking care of my business, I'm just constantly sending stuff your way that you don't even have to look for. It's just coming towards you. Oh, I would. Uh, let me try this section right here. I'm talking about just people right now are thinking about blessing you and setting you up and helping you get to your next level. Somebody has you on their mind right now. And they're just thinking about, man, how, boy, when that boy graduates, I'm going to set him up for the rest of his. Somebody's thinking about just elevating you to the next level, and it's all heading your way. Right? And so you guys got any, any resources on you right now? You got anything in your pocket? Five, ten? You ain't got no cash? It's a cashless generation, huh? Since he ain't had no cash, I'm only going to give him two dollars because you got you to carry seed around. That's a part of this message today. You got to always carry seed around. You should stop by the ATM machine on your way to church on Sunday mornings. Come on, keep cash in you. Keep seed with you at all times because you never know when you might need it, right? So, so Minister Johnny's just been out giving. He's just been out sowing. He's just been out blessing, right? He's not even thinking about it, right? But then all of a sudden, grace is just abounding towards him. He's not even thinking about it. So grace is on the way, just coming towards him. Grace is on the way. Just, come, just thinking about him, right? Just on the way, just thinking about him. And then all of a sudden, while he's not even thinking about it, here come God shows up and just puts something in his hand, right? Right? right. Right? Minister Russell said, now that's for the illustration. Give me that back as soon as you sit down on that. Uh. <laughs> right? So, so, so notice, he never moved off of his spot. It all came towards him. Right? And so here's the thing about it. If you're just always out planting and sowing, it's always coming towards you. Right, And not that you wake up in the morning looking for it. I promise you I don't. But it just keeps. All right. Now, however you lay it, if you want to get that back to them or keep it, however you want to do it. Well, however you lay it. <laughs> he said that God did that for me. Amen. All right. You all getting anything out of this today? I should have brought the picture of it. So, so let me just show you all what I'm talking about here. Scripture talks about like precious seed, right, or seeding seed, right? And so when you talk about like precious seed or seeding seed, you're sowing seed in the area that you want to receive harvest, right? And so last week, I can promise you I wasn't looking for this. I'm just always ready. I'm at Sprouts out in, in Roswell, and a uh, lady is just struggling in front of, and she's just struggling. Right? So she puts one card in, the, the cashier says there's nothing on that one. She put another card in, the cashier says it's empty. They were gift cards. 
She, she goes in her wallet, pulls out like a, visa, like a debit card. The cashier says, decline, right? So I'm in, right behind her. So I mean, if I'm the person right behind her, I didn't just end up there by... I'm the person right behind her, right? So, so, so I just said, well, to the cashier, I just said, well, just go ahead and bag her stuff up, right? And then add it to my bill. So start charging my stuff. So the lady was like, oh, no, I don't need you to help me. <laughs> so, I said, so I said to her, I said, ma'am, I really think God is just trying to be kind to you. And I think God just wants to bless you. True story. That's all I said to her. And she, you know, gets a little emotional. She's like, you know what? I need to be better. I need to be more open to that. Now, I think she was cute, so she might have thought. So then I decided to say to her, well, and I also want you to understand, everyone's not trying to flirt with you. Sometimes people just want to be a blessing to you, and God wants to show kindness to you. And she was like, you know what? I need to really, you're right. I need. But while all this is happening, her friend who she was with goes ahead and gives her a credit card, pays for it. So I don't get a chance to be a blessing to her, but God credits that to my account. So the next day, or yeah, next day, I'm at Sprouts in Marietta. And if you're watching online, boy, I should have put this picture up. I have this picture in my phone. I'm in Sprouts, and, and so Apple card is giving 10% back on groceries for the month of May. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and stock up on all my kombucha, you know, everything, so I can get this 10% back. So I get to the line, and the lady says, wait a minute, you stay right there. She goes, gets another cashier. The other cashier's like, what are you doing? What, what so she says, she comes around on my side. She says, ring him up. So she starts ringing all my stuff up, right? I still don't know what the lady is doing, so I'm watching her to see what's going on, what's, ha- what's happening here. Right? So she pulls out her work card, discounts everything that was charged on there, then pulls out a credit card and pays for all of it, right? So, so she still hasn't said anything to me. So then I said, so, so ma'am, if I can ask, is why are you doing this? Did you just want to show kindness to me? This is what she says. She says, Pastor, you are kind to me every single week. You you are kind to me and my family every single week. And the least I could do is be kind to you. And she paid for all of the things. So then I asked her, I said, so do you go to Linked Up Church? She said, I've never been to your church. But I watch you online every single week. Right? So I want you to see something here. Even though the lady wouldn't let me bless her, God still credited that to me. Right? Because the heart, it's just all because of the, the condition of the heart. So God says, okay, now you're at Sprouts the next day. Now I'm going to have somebody do for you what you were trying to do for somebody else. Anybody getting this today? I said, anybody getting this today? See, see, how I many you know connect groups are powerful? See, all of this stuff should be happening in community. Right? We rode on yesterday, man, motorcycles, ride connected, right? And so one of the young fellas, uh, I'm just sharing this with you to motivate you. One of the young fellas couldn't go on the ride because his bike uh, wasn't right, right? And so he had to kind of scoot on back home, right? So, so my daughter knows this young man. And so my wife, it was in her heart, right? Check on the young fella. So I love that about her, right? She said, text your friend and make sure he got home safely. So then something jumped in my heart. So I said, now text him back 
and ask him if he needs help to get his motorcycle fixed. And tell him if he needs help to get his motorcycle fixed, all of his ride-connected uh, teammates will help him get that bike fixed. I mean, that's called community right there. See, see that's why you need to get in a connect group or be on a dream team, because this kind of stuff should be happening all the time. All right, let's keep reading here. Now, so God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So it's always expressing motion coming to you. That you always, that word always means at all times, having all sufficiency. All sufficiency means self-satisfaction in all things. How many of y'all want to be at a place where you are sufficient in every single area of your life? Your cars are paid for. Come on, somebody. All your bills are paid for. I'm talking about you are sufficient in every single area of your life. What positions you for this is your giving. In the kingdom, the world will tell you it's your Roth IRAs and your 401Ks and your 403Bs. I'm telling you, this is my greatest investment right here is what I'm talking to you about right now. I don't invest in anything greater than the kingdom. Do I do things in the natural? Yes, but they're small. Because here's the reality, folks. We can't take none of this stuff with us. I know your house is beautiful, but it's staying in the earth. Come on, I know it's bad. I know you want to have us come over. I know you want to, come on, I know you want to have, but you're not taking that with you. I know your car. I know it's beautiful. It's staying, though. So, so, so I want you to think eternal. Send it ahead of you. Right? I just think when we get to heaven, a lot of people are going to be surprised. And people who we thought were all of that, we're going to see something different. And then people who we didn't have a lot of esteem for. They're going to get great rewards. Somebody say, I want the great rewards. All right. You all want a little bit more of this? All right. So, so watch this. There's so much more in this. In all things, he may have abundance, excess, increase, abundance for every good work. So now this shows you why God so he can be all sufficient and he can have abundance for every good work. So now you understand God's purpose for abundance in your life is so you can be ready for every good work. So, so if God's going to give you abundance, the word abundance there means wealth, access, increase. It means abundance. If God's going to give it to you, it's so that you can be prepared for every good work. Amen. Everybody clear on that? That's his purpose for giving you abundance. It's so that you can be prepared for every good work. We've got a lot of work to do, folks. Amen. I believe we can win a whole city. I got eight people. It reminds me of when I was a youth pastor. I remember I told you I, we're going to have the largest youth ministry in the world, in the country. Yes. Yes. They all looked at me like. And we ended up having the largest youth ministry in the country. Listen to me. I believe we can win the whole city. Amen. Powder Springs. I believe, I really don't need anybody else to believe it but me, but I will let you join in with me. I believe we can win the entire city yeah. of Powder Springs. Yeah. I'm talking about can't one person live in this city and not haven't heard about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, watch this, and linked up church. 
Every person who moves into the city, the neighbors tell them. The school the kids go to, the teachers tell them. The administrators tell them. The principals tell them. There's a church that's helping this community do some great things. Come on, how many of y'all ready to go to this next level? Come on, let's do it, man. Come on, let's, let's, come on, let's do something big for God. I don't care nothing about people riding by and saying, look how pretty your church is. How many people have you helped in that city? Okay, let's keep reading. As it is written, now you'd have to go back and read Psalms 112, and I don't have time to do it. I'll make sure I get it in the second service. Watch the second service online so you don't miss that, right? As it is written. Anytime you see as it is written, you should go back and look it to see where he wrote that from. And this is another clue to you. This is why you can't really say tithing uh, no longer exists as people are teaching that because three-fourths of the New Testament is written from the old. So you would almost have to get rid of three-fourths of the New Testament. If you're going to throw that away, throw away all the rest of it too because that's what Paul is saying as it is written. He's quoting from Psalms 112, right? And what he's saying here, as it is written, he is dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, and his righteousness remains forever, right? And so... He, so that now he who supplies, this word supplies here means to furnish or fully supply seed, something sown or planting. Now you'll notice he is capitalized. You all see he is capitalized? You see it in your notes? So, so notice he is God. So then he supplies or to furnish or fully supply seed. So notice he gives seed to the sower. Everybody see that? So notice, if you're a sower, he will always give you seed. So I want you to think about that for a minute. So that means I'm really never giving away. I'm actually receiving. They had a sprouts picture. Put that sprouts picture up on the screen. This lady blessed my heart. Plus, if you're watching online, I want you to see yourself on TV. That was just this past Wednesday. Man, she blessed my heart. And you see how long that receipt is, don't you? Man, God bless you. Let's all stretch our hands towards her right now. And Father, may you return that back to her 100-fold in Jesus' name. Amen. All right? So now, now, he, God, supplies seed. Not to everybody. To who? So that that means then what I want to say about myself is that I'm a sower. Right? So then you can't be a sower and leave your wallet at home when you come to church. You can't be a sower and not bring resources. See, it got quiet right there. Somebody said, Pastor, move on. Now, don't start, don't start picking with people, right? But, but think about that for a minute. I don't have the mindset of a sower when I leave my resources at home. Knowing that I'll have an opportunity to sow. Right? And, and if you understand God, you actually didn't lose anything. You gave yourself something. Right? So my wife's sitting right here. Yesterday I had to go to the ATM machine and put some stuff up. And what did you say? What's the first thing that came out of my mouth? I said, babe, I'm going to go to the ATM machine and deposit this. She says, what would you say? 
You said, why? Because you're going to end up giving oh, it to yeah, them. Right. What would you say? She knew I would have gave it all away. <laughs> but I still kept some. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Come on, anybody getting this today? You don't think I'm joking. I never, ever walk around without seed in my pocket. Because I'm a farmer. Come on, somebody. How are you ever going to eat and you don't plant no seeds? Right? Would the farmer get upset if he and go out, where's my corn stalks? Where are my apples? Where are my chair? And you didn't plant no seeds. Would he get upset about that? Would he kick the dirt and say, you stupid dirt. How come you're not growing? I'm a farmer. Do I have any other farmers in here? I said, do I have any other farmers in here? Right? So, so God gives seed to who? Okay. Now, you, you all ready for this? I got to wind this up. It's so good to me. I can just go through this service to the next service and just run them into each other, but I'm not going to do that. So, so God gives what? Seed. To who? So, so God gives what? Seed. To who? So, so God gives what? Seed. To who? All right, so, so God is always giving seed to the sower. I'm trying to let that get in your spirit. So God gives what? Seed. To who? The sower. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, watch this, and bread for your food. Now, now you don't, if you don't get this, and multiply the seed you have sown. You missed that. You missed that. See, when I gave to you, I gave myself double what I gave to you. Did you catch that? So, so God gives you the seed. So you didn't, you didn't go out and do nothing for it. He gave it to you. Right? You sow it. And then he says, I'm going to make sure it supplies bread for your food. And then I'm going to multiply the seed that you sow. I don't know about you. Two plus two is four, right? Four plus four is eight. But four times four is 16. Right? So that means if I gave eight, I'm looking for 16 minimum. Focus on the harvest, folks. See, before we give, we look at what we don't have. Instead of looking at what the sowing will produce in our lives. So he says, I'm going to multiply the seed that you sow, and I'm going to increase the fruits of your righteousness. That's the results and effects of your benevolence. While you are enriched, now we don't like to in church, but the word enriched there means made wealthy or rich. So God will make you wealthy and God will make you rich for a purpose. What is that purpose? Let's keep reading. And so that you can in everything for all liberality. So God will make you rich and wealthy in everything for all liberality. Guess what the word liberality means? Generosity and bountifulness which causes thanksgiving through us to God. 
You all see that? So, so what's God's purpose for making you rich? So that you could be liberal. Okay? So I got a challenge for you this week. How many of y'all know someone that has a need? Raise your hand if you know someone. Every, that everyone's hand should go up. Right? Right? What can you sow this week? And it doesn't always have to be financial. Sometimes it could be your time. Sometimes it could be a meal. Sometimes it could just be listening. Right? But I want you to think about being generous with whatever you have this week. And, I, and I'm just putting God on the spot and see if he doesn't give you back double what you gave. Anybody want to accept that challenge this week? Does anybody want to accept that challenge this week? And I promise you, you'll see more supernatural events and activities in your life than you've ever seen before. So there are two harvest principles here, and we'll close here. Two harvest principles. Number one, you always reap more than you sow. Has anybody ever witnessed that? Right? It amazes me. I, whatever I give in this building, I don't even leave the building without more than what I gave. And this is week after week after week after week after week after week. It's amazing. He won't even let you get out of the building. For some of you all, if you act on it, the quicker you act on it, the quicker you'll see it. Watch this. Number two, we reap for a double portion. This right here, man, the double portion is this, or the double purpose is this. Bread for your food. So when you sow, you're actually feeding yourself. So that's for your immediate consumption. And then also he multiplies your seed so that you can have more seed for future sowing, which meets your future needs. Do you all see that? I'm just going to close. It's 9.55. You all get anything out of this today? Okay. So, so next week, we're going to talk about the significance of our giving. So how many of y'all can say to yourself, I can grow in this area? Raise your hand if you're, you're saying, I can grow in this area. How many of y'all can admit, I'm the person I would leave my wallet at home when I went to church? I ain't nobody going to admit that one right there. Just, just thank you, my brother. Only one person. He was like, yeah, that's me right there, right? And, and so I just want you to think about God in you, right? Which means you always want to be available and ready to be a blessing to somebody else because he loves them more than you love them. But if you understand what's really happening there, you're actually doing more for yourself than you're doing for the person you're sowing into. Okay? Let's all stand to our feet. And let's just lift our hands to the Father. And let's just thank him today for who he is in our giving. Let's lift our hands to the Father. Father, I just want to thank you for giving seed to those who have hearts to sow. And Father, we know that the end result of our sowing, Father, is that we will be self-sufficient and all-sufficient in every aspect of our lives, Father. We will not be dependent on other people or resources, but we will have all sufficiency, Father, for the purpose of abounding to every good work. And Father, you'll give us bread for our food and you'll multiply the seeds that we sow. 
And so, Father, I just thank you for that. That's better than the 0.9 that the banking system gives you on your savings. That's better than the 1.9, That's better than anything this world has to offer, Father. So teach us as your children to be more kingdom-minded than we are world-minded, Father. And trust you with everything that you've graced us with. And so, Father, we thank you and we give you glory that you will raise up Linked Up Church to a higher height of generosity, not so that we can boast about what we have and what we drive and where we live, but so that we can be a blessing to this community, Father. We can feed more people, clothe more people, go visit more people in jail, Father. Just help those that are needy. So we thank you and we give you glory for this. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000 thanks again for listening have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you